lot can change in a year, and for fans of the Carolina Panthers, 2020 proved just that. The Matt Rule and Joe Brady era entered the Queen City on an off-season roller coaster that included the departure of field generals on both sides of the ball. The result? A strong emergence of young talent with a few too many close but no cigar finishes. Is David Tepper aggressive enough to change the landscape of the NFC South? And how do the Panthers turn their 2020 woes into just water under the bridge? Hello everyone and welcome to 32 Blueprints, a 2021 off-season series visiting the 32 plans in motion to bring your team the Lombardi Trophy. I'm your host, Den. I'm at KeepPoundDen on Twitter, joined each week by the one and only Antoine Staley. You can find him on Twitter at Antoine Staley, and you can find this series on the podcast platform of your choice, as well as on intentionalgrinding.com. We're talking Panthers today, Antoine. Going to do our best to keep this to 15 minutes, being such a hot topic for the two of us. But to help us out, we have Nick Carboni with us today as well. He's at Nick Carboni, WCNC on Twitter. WCNC Charlotte Sports Director, the WFNZ pregame host, and a New England guy, right, Nick? That's right, yeah. So uh, I won't talk about the NFL, but big Red Sox fan, big UConn basketball fan. So kind of, uh, and I was a huge Whalers fan, and I don't, I don't want to get into all that today, but that's a separate podcast. Well, yeah, a cu- couple New England guys talking Panthers. And don't right. let Antoine fool you. I, I know he's... Uh, <laughs> He's down in East Carolina, but this man has uh, Fenway Park and he reps on our he reps on our Carolina sports Zoom calls he, with the Red Sox hat. <laughs> he yeah, reps that, uh, the, yeah, reps that Bruins jersey too. So, so take warning down there, or whatever you guys say. But <laughs> let's talk Panthers again. You know, obviously not the season we were looking for. Five and eleven, third in the NFC South. Um, you know, as an outsider looking in now. Of course, a team that seems to be almost obsessively looking for a quarterback um, or whatever it takes to get a quarterback. All these crazy trade scenarios. There's Q- more QB drama, um, you know, compared even even compared to last year. Bold takes being run with. This is just our offseason, right? In, in Carolina, this is how we do. Yeah, and I think when you're looking at this franchise right now and, and the way Panthers fans, I think, should look at it is with a heavy dose of optimism about what Matt Rule was able to do in year one, the staff he has, uh, you know, still remaining in place, you know, head coach coordinator still in place for next year, the young defensive pieces, the offensive weapons, McCaffrey coming off injury, a GM with a great track record in Seattle, uh, you know, as kind of like the right-hand man there. But then you look at quarterback and you're like, okay, is this on pace with where we're trying to go? And with Teddy Bridgewater's first season as Carolina starter, it certainly wasn't. I mean, 15 touchdown passes in the NFL is not going to cut it. Sure. He had a handful of rushing touchdowns, but his season was largely underwhelming. I I think it was uninspiring. It's, it's not that, you know, McCaffrey is going to come to his defense and say, yes, he rallies us. He's our leader, but inspiring your franchise forward. He's just not that guy unless he is still here and has some remarkable uh, comeback season. I just don't see it happening. So, of course, they have to be extremely aggressive to go for a quarterback. They have an extremely aggressive owner. And, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what the offers out of Carolina are going to be for a Deshaun Watson or a package to move up. 
And where does new GM Scott Fitter kind of draw the line of like, okay, we're not going to go that far this year. We may just have to ride ride out Teddy Bridgewater for one more year and the cap hit becomes much more manageable in year three. Yeah, just, just kind of piggyback off of that too as well. So yeah, just if they don't acquire Deshaun Watson too, just kind of what do you expect to happen? To, either you stay with Teddy for another year, because I think that's probably an option, but also maybe drafting the quarterback down the line because we're talking about a team that needs a ton def- defensive-wise too as well and also could use some offensive line help as well. Yeah, do, Tuan, do they take that uh, defensive drafting strategy and carry it over into this season? I mean, certainly cornerback, safety, uh, but yeah, left tackle they need. Going back to defense, middle linebacker, I mean, they've got they've got needs all over the field, but they know and, and everybody else knows their number one need going forward is finding that franchise quarterback. So, you know, I think that, you know, if the Deshaun Watson stuff doesn't work out or who knows what the timeline with that will be based on how the Texans are reluctant to to really open the door for any, you know, significant discussion about it. Uh, this is some. This is an attitude the Panthers are going to carry into the draft, whether or not they'll move up, where they'll draft a quarterback if they don't draft one in the first round. Because certainly you need to add a quarterback to this roster to at least compete with Teddy Bridgewater or at least take a flyer on somebody. And th- this aggressive approach is going to go all the way through uh, the summer into training camp, um, seeing who they can kind of drum up at the last minute, perhaps. Fitter was really well-known for that, and the Seattle crew kind of was well-known for that with the Seahawks. Um, and, and so this is not going to be an attitude about finding a franchise quarterback that is kind of quenched any time before they actually get one. Uh, so whether Teddy Bridgewater likes it or not, it's going to be a discussion point in his own building. And you, you know, you you touched upon the the defensive draft last year, and you know when all that was happening, we were when I was doing talking to my guys Chris and Bobby, I was saying, you know, uh, you look at these guys they drafted, you know, Troy Pride, Stan, you know, Thomas Oliver, and I'm just saying, like, you know, these are great depth, but you know uh, that defensive draft was was yes, position wise, filled you know defensive holes, but did it really? make the defense better because I sit here looking this um when you get to the later rounds obviously Derek Brown and Chin yes but I'm talking about the, the later guys they drafted him you know I look at this draft coming up and that eight spot is so unknown if you don't get a quarterback in this you know in this trade free agency and what falls to you at eight does that to me doesn't have to be your quarterback I was telling Antoine and I'd rather them get a lockdown DB would you be shocked if that eighth spot doesn't have quarterback next to it if they don't get one in, the, in in free agency? I wouldn't be shocked at all. And I think that there's there's going to be another quarterback not named Bridgewater, Greer, or Walker on the roster going in a training camp that's going to be intriguing. How intriguing that person is or name is and, and what kind of level they're at remains to be seen. But certainly it's going to – somebody is going to be added. But at that eighth spot, you know – did Derek Brown make the defense better last year? I mean, I think he makes the defense better in the long run. I think at eight this year, you just need you need to draft a cornerstone player to add to some of these younger cornerstone type players that you already have. You have McCaffrey on one side of the ball. You have Moten, the right tackle, who I know nationally people don't know, but it's been a long time since the Panthers have had an offensive lineman that they can trust, and they have one now. You have Brian Burns at defensive end. Uh, now you have 
Derek Brown. Yeah, can we add a, a cornerstone middle linebacker? Can we add a cornerstone cornerback in the draft? Those are the, it's, it's the type of player that can carry your franchise that you want to use that eighth pick on because if you hit it right, you should be able to get one there. Right. And that's, and I was talking with Antoine beforehand, you know, how many games did we see last year where if Brian Burns had an extra half second, the play is completely different. And, you know, I think that that could be the result of a, you know, a W or an L in some of those games, Panthers, you know, eight, eight of their losses within seven points. Um, to me, you know, locking down that other side from Dante Jackson without, you know, and not having that rotating carousel. I mean, we obviously had Bradbury in there, but besides that, I mean, this is a pretty, has been a pretty revolving door at that cornerback spot. Um, and I think that just fi- them finally locking that down is what I want them to do at eight personally. Yeah. Uh, and and there will be somebody there that, that you would think could be that player, um, that could happen in free agency. I don't know the exact list. I know there's some decent players out there, uh, but yeah, that's a concern. I mean, Dante Jackson for Dante Jackson had a, had a decent year. I think he got in the good graces of this coaching staff going forward. I think he became more professional and, and more mature as a, as a professional football player, but I don't think he, and he was a second round pick. I don't think he's ever going to be that guy on the outside that you need when you're going up against the quarterbacks that, this division in this league produces week in and week out for you to go up against. Uh, just looking at, I know we touched on some of the knees, but another one I think uh, really uh, should be up there is tight end. Cause I feel like um, they've been looking, they expected Ian Thomas to try to be that guy and he just wasn't. So how do you address that? Especially when you have so many other needs on this football team? Well, yeah, they're at number eight could be, guy everybody wants a tight end in the draft is Kyle Pitts. You know, I think there's some interesting names, both, um, you know, kind of young up and coming and, and veteran players that are going to be out there on the free agent market. But that's a position that you absolutely need to produce. They got next to nothing from that position this past season. And I think, you know, that, that obviously affects the whole offense. It's not like Teddy Bridgewater has that particular safety net, especially when you eliminate McCaffrey as well, who was a great safety valve. And more than that, tight ends right now are expected to, you know, go for 120 yards and two touchdowns in a game. I mean, just look at the last four Super Bowl teams, one of them being the same team in the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, you've got Kelsey, Kittle, Gronk, uh, you, you know, those guys are absolute game breakers. Greg Olson, when he went for three straight thousand yard seasons, it was amazing. And now Travis Kelsey has five straight. I mean, the position has just evolved into just this, you know, and we saw it early up there in New England with the Patriots and their two tight ends. Uh, if, if you have those guys, man, it can do wonders for your offense. And listen, I know there was talk about, well, you know, maybe maybe Joe Brady doesn't feature the tight end enough. Yeah, well, he will if he gets one like that. Believe me. So that that's definitely you're going you're gonna to see some names come in at that position, too, whether it's uh, for sure through the draft, whether it's at eight or not. And, and some of these guys, you know, I'd have to look to see where they got drafted. I mean, some of them, you're not seeing tight ends go at eight. I mean, if they're in the first round, they're probably a little higher than that. Uh, but, you you know, some of these guys are coming out of later rounds. So um, if, if you can grab one in two, three, four, that you can think can come in and produce more than Ian Thomas and Chris Manhurts, then you got to go with that. You know, I'm, I'm so happy both of you just brought up the points you just made because I actually had literally both of those things written down here regarding the tight end because 
you know, me me living in New England and being a Panthers fan, I think you look at two teams that had a big tight end issues, and I don't really know if they're issues, but just stories of the Patriots and the Panthers. And if you look at the number of targets in the NFL, they sit down the bottom of the league, 31st and 32nd as targets to their tight ends. Now, two completely different stories. You know, I think one of the big names that we're, we are talking about here in Carolina is, of course, Curtis Samuel with free agency. You know, and I was just thinking, if the Panthers do lose a player like Curtis Samuel, I wonder if, is that someone that Joe Brady would want to replace? Or would someone like leaving the team like that make the tight end role more of a priority? Well, it just depends on who you get to fill that role. Uh, But, you know, listen, like I said, whether Joe Brady likes to feature it as much as others or not, um, I I don't think that factors in here. Because if you're producing at that low of a level at the tight end position, like you mentioned, I mean, look, Chicago came in here and like was Cole Komet scored a touchdown. I mean, you have to have somebody that can produce in the red zone. And if I'm not mistaken, was Colin Thompson the only tight end touchdown for the Panthers this year? Maybe Ian Thomas had one. I don't remember. So you have to you have to get better at that position uh, to compete in these games and to have somebody that can be a red zone threat for Teddy Bridgewater uh, or whichever quarterback it is. But if you look at Ian and Chris's snap counts, I mean, in a lot of those games last year, they're in the 40s, like 40 percent. With four combined targets in the red zone. Can you say it's a hundred percent lack of talent at that point? Yeah. That's my question. I think that uh, Chris Manhurts has made his bones as a blocking tight end. I don't think anybody has any realistic expectation that he'll be more than that. He's extremely valuable in that role. I think Ian Thomas to give him credit has gotten better at that. I think I saw a nice jump from him in that regard this year. I don't think he was too much of a liability in that department, but now you need somebody that can run down the hash and catch the ball. And man, Curtis Samuel, I mean, we could talk about him. It, hopefully some of this cap space, you know, unless somebody wants to swoop in and, and we've heard the names, you know, Jaguars with Urban Meyer, his college coach, Ron Rivera with Washington, Marty Herney, and, and really, really throw him a bag of money. He's a guy you want to keep here. So on Curtis, though, real quick, Antoine, the, the last three teams we've talked about, uh, two, I mean, the Jets, Jaguars, and Dolphins have all mentioned Curtis Samuel <laughs> being a target. So I don't think they're, uh, you know, they, they know that he is a uh, high demand. So hopefully they can put up for it. But go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say uh, just it's an interesting time in this division because you got Tampa Bay uh, coming off the Super Bowl win. And then obviously New Orleans is where pick, we, we think Drew Brees is finally going to retire. So they're a little bit in transition, too, as well. And the Falcons uh, have a new head coach and Arthur Smith, too. So just, you know, you fill up some of these needs there. What What do you think is a realistic expectation uh next year possibly of the panthers because as we know the, the fan base is starting to get a little um anxious uh to say the least there <laughs> yeah i mean i i wonder what the expectations versus reality would be in a world if the panthers were able to acquire deshaun watson because you're going to give up so much to get him yeah what team are you putting him on in year one and i'd still be fine with it like okay, Deshaun Watson comes here and and they're still not great, but they've got the quarterback locked down. And then you go from there. Uh, But eliminating that from the, I I had to bring it up. I have, I'm contractually obligated to bring Deshaun Watson up once once per call on the Panthers. Um, But, you know, yeah, I I think this is going to be 
a, a growth year for Matt Rule. If you look at his track record, he's going to have more talent next year. Uh, you hope that Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. You hope that Teddy Bridgewater has some sort of revitalization or, or reawakening or reckoning or whatever you want to call it if he is here um, to at least be able to uh, produce more in the red zone, be better situationally, make less mistakes and crucial points in the game. And I think you're looking at a, a realistic shot at eight, eight, nine wins, pushing for a playoff spot. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is going to just be a, a gangbusters come out and surprise everybody 12 and four, 13 and three team. That's something that, you know, you, you're still going to need that quarterback position to, to be better to achieve that. But certainly with the, you know, core of the coaching staff staying in place. Um, if they're able to, to get things done with a right tackle, Taylor Moten add a really good piece with the eight pick defense continues to progress. I think, think eight or nine wins is your ceiling. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, you look at <clears throat> when we talk to the Jaguars folks, you know, that, that the record doesn't always speak for the year you had, you know, were the Jaguars really the worst team in football <laughs> or, you know, and you look at the, the Panthers, Five and eleven, yes, but a little different than a typical five and eleven season, right? I mean, eight games within seven points says something. Um, but two of you know, you look at who they were losing to: Bucks twice, Saints twice, Chiefs, Packers. Yeah, you know that's six games right there, where a couple guys, and all of that, nonetheless, or most of that, without Christian McCaffrey, and you know, you look at kind of how they can quickly turn this around. Which leads me to my next question. Christian McCaffrey, completely off the table or no? No, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. And I don't even think just the Texans. I think that yeah, there's it, other places. If you're going to trade for a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber, you're not going to be sitting on the other side of it going, yep, mm -hmm. we, we kept everybody we wanted. <laughs> you know, we kept what we wanted. It's going to take more than picks for the Texans to make that deal. Uh, they're going to they're going to want to start winning, too. Um, you know, and they're going to want to be able to to put some some sort of good product out on the field after what they've been through. Christian McCaffrey is, for my money, the best, uh, you know, most well-rounded running back in the league when he's healthy. He's an amazing football player who can do just about anything you ask him to on the field. But a franchise-type quarterback who's 25 trumps that every time. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be like the Cowboys trading Herschel Walker because – Christian McCaffrey's a hell of a lot better than he was as, as an NFL quarterback. Uh, it, it would hurt a lot, but I, I think you have to keep everything on the table. Uh, Brian Burns, Jeremy Chin. I mean, those are names you're going to have to get used to hearing about in these massive seven for one deals being bandied about by, by the national media for the Panthers fans that hurts, but look what you have coming out on the other side of it. And if you can not expect Deshaun Watson to take you to the Super Bowl right away, and, and kind of build towards it in the second year, third year, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, I think the approach, but no, he's, he's on the table as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And the Panthers are, tr are trying out something new this year with the fans, uh, having cap space. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's weird to see them on the top 10, like cap space for the next yeah. two years list. Like it's almost like you, you forget that you can actually engage in those conversations as a Panthers fan. Yeah. But uh, the Panthers do face the AFC East this year. Mm. A, I think it's it's set in stone, but a possible Cam Newton blood and guts game. I, 
I I don't yeah. You know, I think Cam Newton will be there next year. What do you think? Uh I personally uh, am unless they can get Jimmy. Right. I think he's there. I guy. think I think they're kind of in a similar position to Carolina where it's like mm-hmm. he's the guy we've got. He's he helped us in some cases. He didn't, you know, He's not going to carry us to a playoff run, most likely. But if this is the guy we need to ride out for another year and, and figure things out around him, that may be where they're at too. I mean, sure, as a TV guy, oh man, bring that, bring that game on, bring that game <laughs> yeah. on. That'll be fun. Yeah. Is that in yeah. New England? No, uh, it's, no, it's in Carolina. Carolina, right? Carolina oh, yeah. Goodness. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I kind of agree. It's so many teams that have quarterback needs or yeah. have questions at the quarterback position. It's going to be impossible to fill all of those. So. Yeah. I think you bring back Cam Newton, but I also think you draft somebody too. Yeah, I think uh, it's the same okay. kind of boat, Antoine. It's just like, listen, it, it, this guy's good enough to be our starter if we need him to be, but we certainly need to to be aggressive in our approach to figure things out long term. I think yeah. I think it's almost the the same scenario. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you guys caught the um, the I am athlete with Cam. Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. that was fascinating. Where I, I thought he was talking a lot in the present sense of we are trying to do this in New England. But it was also interesting to hear him speak of Carolina. Yeah. Saying how he thought he intimidated them, which I was kind of trying to figure out what that even well, means. Well, I mean, you have a new coach coming out of college. Yeah. Um, you know, you have a, a an owner who's got a big personality. I'm not saying he couldn't handle another big personality, but like yeah. the the tectonic plates, I'm not a geologist or whatever. They're <laughs> shifting, right? It sounded right. Yeah. yeah. They were shifting. And yeah. Cam was probably not going to be on the plate that went the way of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that was just kind of set in stone. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, well, we, we had this conversation. I believe Nate might have been a part of when we were eating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, back when, you know, the year uh, that Cam got hurt, we, we had heard rumblings, or at least I did too, that he wasn't going to be there because yeah. they, you got an owner that he's new. All he knew was Cam Newton being injured. Hmm. He wanted to put. He wanted to bring in his own guy, a uh, new head coach, and then a quarterback, a change at quarterback, and then whoever the head coach was going to be, they wanted a new change. They wanted to change too. So you, the writing was on the wall. Yeah, we yeah. all we knew this was coming. It'll be interesting going forward. It'll it'll always be something that's looked at here in Carolina is the decision to move on from Cam Newton when they did, the decision to bring in Teddy Bridgewater when they did. Now I don't necessarily think that they're tied together, and I think that maybe more of intimidation. It was the unknown with Cam. Like, he's going to be due a lot of money. He's been injured a lot. It's not like you look at his season in New England um, and and say, yeah, man, we really we really blew that one. I mean, he went like a month and a half, two months without throwing a touchdown pass. Now, I will tell you, after that Seattle game on Sunday Night Football, Charlotte was apoplectic about that move because it was earlier in the season and all they saw was Cam Newton in primetime television absolutely humming the ball to Julian Edelman time after time after time, but that just didn't hold up. So I think it was more intimidation of the unknown with Cam Newton. And the the thing that will be looked at that you really need to look at going forward with the Panthers and Matt rule, the head coach is okay. Why Teddy Bridgewater? Why hitch your wagons to this guy? Why identify him and say, this is our guy going forward rather than just kind of taking it, taking an off year. And that's how I explain it to people that, you know, from here that ask me, it's like, I, I think that it's just the, the whole situation of how it ended, not the way that, you know, yeah, from that a, people envisioned. From it a was public very ga- relations standpoint, it was, it was mishandled. 
but yeah, was it, was it ever good? Player, yeah. Here's my thing: was it ever going to be great though? Well, I think that you know they 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 kind of got into what a lot of teams are doing. It's not you know singular to the Panthers is you know they're behind the scenes stuff and this is us actively discussing things and you have Matt rule on there talking about wanting to work with cam and then boom. I mean, a couple days later, it's, it's so it, it was different. It, it sh- kind of probably got a lot of fans hopes up about cam staying here for those who wanted him here. And, um, you know, I, I, I certainly think it could have been handled a little better. Yeah. Anyway, Nick, thanks for, uh, thanks for hopping on with us and laying out this, Blueprint to 2021 for the Panthers. Again, Nick's at uh, Nick Carboni, WCNC on Twitter. WCNC's Charlotte Sports Director and the, uh, again, the WFNZ pregame host. And I'm looking forward to seeing who we throw in this trade, you know, trade proposal <laughs> tomorrow and for the next few months until it happens. Just, just It's like Madden. Just keep throwing names in there, yeah, right? And yeah, just get see accept one of these. accepted at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you soon, Nick. Thanks see again. See you guys. Thank you. Yeah.